Hey, what's up? This is Dominic. I'm here with Dan. Todd's gallivanting around Europe. Um, so this is going to be our last podcast for the year, the end of season one, if you will. We'll be back at the beginning of next year, and we'll have lots of exciting guests and lots of nonsense and all that good shit you've come to expect from this podcast. Um, what else? Was, what else do I need to say, Dan? So this is a live podcast, second one that we've done. It went really good. Um, also next year we're going to be touring, we're going to try and take this thing on the road so if you'd like us to come to your town or if you think there's some exciting people we should interview, get in touch. Um, shout outs to Halatel, Cheese on Toast, uh, fuck who else is sponsoring us Dan? RDU, Contact and anyone else that I've forgotten uh, for supporting us. Enjoy and we'll see you next year. Peace. Everybody, I got something to announce, so can you please pay attention to me? Uh, Mike Hosking, our Lord and Saviour, couldn't make it, but he sent my mum this letter, because she probably lives in the same area code as him, and I'm going to read it to you. You guys have come to an opening of an envelope. And this is how it is. Dominic asked me if I was good at reading before. I said yes. Um, Dear Todd, Dom and Dan, I'm afraid I won't be able to attend the fight. This is not because of my recent illness or because I am a pitiful coward, but due to a family matter. I was all ready to come. I really was. I had my $500 jeans on, the ones with the rips in the back of the knees. (laughs) when I began to cry. Weep uncontrollably, to be honest. Even the... I can read, but this handwriting is shocking. (laughs) Even the Ayn Rand biopic that played in the background could not stifle my wails. My son walked in and asked me, Father, what's wrong? Are Are you having yet another midlife crisis? I said, no, son, I'm scared of the poor people. They want to hurt me. I hear them laughing. My son held me and ran his fingers through my gel-combed hair. <laughs> he said, don't go, father. Leave the, poor people to, to, leave the poor people to their blood sport and mediocre satire. I'm sorry to let you chaps down, and I'm away. I envy all of you, the tubby one with the tattoos on his face, and the scruffy cripple, and even the mute. I'm jealous of your carefree approach to journalism, your poorly researched interviews, and ridiculously catchy theme music. I hope the live podcast goes well. Signed, Michael Hosking. And there's a signature, so this is definitely legit. (laughs) Get up here. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to How Not To Be Arsehole Live podcast. Make some noise for Emily. Are you recording, Dan? Where's Dan gone? Is he fucking left already? Are you recording? Why aren't you behind your perch? 
Everyone, this is Dan, the mute. Make some noise for Dan. Yeah. Dan's out here doing stuff today. This Just is part of the Whammy Fest. I performed at Whammy Fest on Thursday. Good um, show. Some 19-year-old girls yelled at me and I had to stop performing. Not before Todd and Mish threatened them. So, we, yeah. No one was threatened. It was a little bit of a threatening vibe. That was more Mish. Yeah. I looked at them and gave them a look. Um, what else has been happening? Um... <laughs> All sorts of stuff. I told you to write this down what was been happening. I knew this was going to happen. No, you had the notes on that. I wrote down Todd Europe boosted. Oh yeah, so I'm going to Europe and I just won boosted. <laughs> Thanks. I know there's a few contributors here, so thank you very much. Appreciate I at, that. We're I looked rich. after I looked after miniature schnauzer all week. So that was my week. Ah, oh, sorry. What? We're sort of going back and forth here. I say okay. something piffy, you say something piffy. Uh, <laughs> you actually wrote down a note about hanging out with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew that I, I knew that I drew a blank. <laughs> the dog's name is just written on the bit of paper here. Like, this is what Don wanted to talk about. Um, does that say rapist? Yes, yeah, John Key. Oh, Speaker, right. rapist. Okay, yeah. Do you want to speak to that? Not really. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, should we have our first guest then, since it's going so swimmingly? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Our first guest is a journalist. Um, he dropped out of med school to become a journalist. What else? Uh, he's very handsome. Very handsome. Introducing David Farrier. That was very appropriate entrance music. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. I felt his aura. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. It's nice to be here. Uh, some this cake. Is a, do you want some banana bread? I love banana bread. It's one okay, of my favourite um, cakes. You might have to use your hands, though, as we don't have any knives and forks. Who made this? Kirsten. Kirsten, just right here. There. Have you heard Kirsten. of Dancing in the Dark? I have. Well, Kirsten um, started it was the founder of Dancing in the Dark. It's a place where you go and there's disco music and people dance. What about the people that were rooting at Dancing in the Dark? Apparently some people had sex there. In the dark, when you're supposed to be dancing, not rooting. Um, so Waiheke, you don't like it? I'm not a fan of Waiheke Island. I, um, I like the idea of campaign journalism where you go after a topic, a really worthy topic, and you just go at it pig-headedly. And I decided my campaign was going to be pointing out that Waiheke is a complete piece of shit. I, I agree with you. Because, I, I don't know, it's about a year ago it reached critical mass on, I guess, Instagram, where any weekend you woke up, it was just someone, some idiot with a glass of wine, with a vineyard in the background going, hashtag Waiheke, hashtag whatever. And so I just started calling that out. Yeah. Um, and the reaction from Waiheke was crazy. Like, it was death threats. Um, a lot of people on Facebook, you know your other folder in Facebook? Where yeah. you get all the crazy stuff? A lot of people that worked at restaurants and wineries messaging me going like, I just, you fucking cunt. <laughs> just real angry, like, Peter so-and-so at the whatever the place is. Um, and so I'd just screen capture them and then put them on Instagram. <laughs> just to show the true Waiheke. That was pretty brave of you to go out there, though. I was impressed with that. That was a dedication yeah, to Yeah, I your... took the ferry um, <laughs> over there. And 
my, I mean, my whole theory about Waikiki is it's where they maroon all the worst Aucklanders. <laughs> That's my thesis. And I've my mum literally bought a house on Waikiki today. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead to me. You know, I know, I mean, so is she. Just as well you got that flat. Would eh? you say that Waikiki's like a poor man's Invercargill? Um, I, I think there's... I would, because I think there are so many places in New Zealand that are much more... I genuinely don't think Waiheke is a great place. I think it's fine. It's got beaches, it's got wineries, great. But I've got that, I, I'm from Whangarei, we've got that in Whangarei. There's nice beaches in Whangarei. So there's no need to go to Waiheke? Don't go. And if you go, just don't talk about it. And you, I mean, you, it's the ferry ride, it's a, it's a mess. So what's the three worst things? Waiheke, yeah. mainly the people. Yeah. <laughs> that are there. Um, locals. Is anyone here from Waiheke? <laughs> no, because okay. they'll all be on Waiheke just being dicks. <laughs> Maybe we should do a right live now. podcast on Waiheke. Mike Hall. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Is he here? No. No, he's on no, Waiheke. He's on Waiheke being yeah. a dick on Instagram mm. <laughs> and Snapchat. It's, 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 it's that thing. It's the, it's the people of Waiheke, it's the locals, it's the people from Auckland visiting. And it's just the whole vibe. Yeah. Not into it. I like the way that you handled the trolling, though. Screenshotting, replying to them. Oh, you just got to do it. You've got to screenshot the, any abuse that comes in. You screenshot it, and you just put it out there. And it's just a, a feedback loop. It just goes, it just feeds itself. <laughs> do you reckon Gene Simmons would suit Waiheke? Maroon him there. <laughs> One-way trip. One-way trip for that guy. Mm. Have you met David Farrar? Um, I have met David Farrar, my name twin. David Farrar is the Nationals pollster and he's got this, uh, a blog, Kiwi blog. And I often get people come up to me going like, love your blog. I'm like, fuck off, like that's the pits. But Dave Farrar, it's a bit different now. He, when I met him about eight years ago maybe, he was like short and fat. And now he's like, he's gone on a big fitness binge so he's a lot, a lot more, um, we used polar. to be polar op opposites, literally, like polar opposites. So he's hot. So you look kind of the same. He's now? hot. Dave, <laughs> Dave Brown's real hot, eh? Uh, but, no, I have met him, and the one time I met him, we interviewed, I thought it would be a great gig, we interviewed the Veronicas together. That's the one time I met him. So it was me and my name twin interviewing the Veronicas, <laughs> and it was so awkward and so weird, because he kept making all these incredibly creepy jokes. Um, that they didn't understand, and it was real. And it was real. The Veronicas like you were was... about 12, so it was just <laughs> so weird. I, I went to the Veronica's birthday party once in Sydney. Did you? Yeah, and um, just Why? when I, I don't know, we were playing a show there, and we ended up at their birthday party, and one of them was DJ, and the other one was like, I mean, we're dancing to B 52s. Yeah, it was good. They had a comeback record like a year or something ago, right? Did it work out? I don't think so. Mm. Do you reckon if you They had, were nice though, they were cool. If you entered Fight for Life, would you fight David Farrar? I would love to fight David Farrar. <laughs> would you take him? I'd, I'd like to think I could, but as I say, he's been working out and he's looking great. So I, I, I don't know. That's the thing with Fight for Life. There's always the risk that you'll lose to someone who's less like... Because who's, my friend Jesse Peach is fighting um, Shelton Woolwright. Um, and fight for life. Um, and Jesse's Is he like going to wear blackface at the, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> at the fight? But it's amazing because um, they're worlds apart because Jesse's like this mild-mannered, polite reporter I've worked with forever who directs theatre and he's like... He's, just, he's from West Auckland, but he's really mild-mannered and Shelton's this blind spot sort of bogan drummer. And he, um, 
yeah, Shelton pointed out, I'm going to fight Jesse Peach. And everyone on his Facebook is just like, yeah, fuck that faggot. And just like all this like really aggressive stuff. And it's weird because it's so unmatched because if Jesse loses to Shelton, then Jesse's just like, oh, it's fine, I lost Fight for Life. If Shelton loses to Jesse, his world will like fall apart. <laughs> Which I would really, I mean, Shelton's lovely. I mean, he's fine, but it would just be a very funny thing to happen. I love a good upset. It would cause a real kerfuffle. Mm. How's Keith? Keith, my parrot's really good. Well, I was hoping you were going to bring him, but... Um, no, I didn't bring him. Um, Keith is my two-and-a-half-year-old son, Konya. He's an um, extremely irritating parrot who I didn't know at the time when I bought him, but he lives for 30 years. So <laughs> Keith has the personality of a like, maybe a three-year-old. So he always... He only likes me. Anyone else, he'll just attack. I've got to feed him every day. He needs, he needs attention. He needs... Um, they're a strange breed of parrot that like to get under things. So he'll be under my clothes or like creepily in bed because he likes, they'd like to tunnel under things. And so I'm stuck with this thing. But the problem is he never grows up. That's his personality for the next 30 years. I'll be 63 <laughs> when he reaches his life expectancy. There's a chance he'll outlive me. Is, is, who Which bird, is awful. Who bird sits him? Do you need a bird sitter sometimes? Yeah, there's two people I know that he doesn't hate, and they babysit him home away. But it's a real mission. I mean, one of those people is my brother, and he's two hours away. And so, but the thing, like, I love this parrot. He's a, he's like a, he's a bit more loyal than a, a dog or any other sort of pet. <laughs> but he's fucking annoying. And every morning at eight a.m., I wake up to him just going. Ah! <laughs> That's my life. And it's like, okay, it's another day. Um, so it was a bit of an impulse buy. It was an impulse buy. I'd been looking around for a parrot. I love birds. And I, I saw this thing. And he was cute. He was tiny and fluffed up. And he was just like, beep, beep, beep. And I bought him. A week later, he found his voice, which is what these parrots do. And it was just, bah! constantly. I used to have a pet pigeon. And then the cat. So before the cat bit it, it was like a normal pigeon and it cooed, it was quite cute. Then the cat bit it and then it started doing like, making a similar noise to that from then on and had a really terrible um, temperament. Yeah, well, at least a, pig a pigeon's lifespan's like four years. This is 30. It's shorter if you kill it. <laughs> There's that option. I've thought about it at Did times. you like legit not know that it lived that long? No, I thought maybe, <laughs> I'm an idiot, I thought maybe 10. Max, because parrots do... The, the rule with parrots is the bigger the parrot, the longer they live. Yeah. So uh, African grey, you're going to get 90, and macaws, like, 100. What? Keith, who's sort of in between, is 30. You know, you get to a finch, and it's, like, three years. Because I always so, want to get a pig, but I feel like there might be one of those things where it seems like a good idea, but then you have this huge thing. You can eat them, though. No. Oh, shit! Ooh. Wrong crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Pigs are carcinogenic. <laughs> That's a fact. I read that you yeah. dropped out of medical school to become a journalist. I didn't realise that. Yeah, not quite. I tried to get into medical school. I was a massive nerd at school and I got great grades. And so I was like, I'll go and be a doctor. And I went and did health science. And it was just feral at Auckland University. And I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. And you'd go in to hire, get a book from short-term loan. And other people had ripped the pages out of the assignment that you needed and stuff. So it was so competitive. And then one day I was dissecting a rat and I cut into its bowel and it splattered like feces all over my glasses oh, and face. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was like, I'm done. I don't need this. And I'm really glad I didn't. I would have been a terrible doctor. Um, and I 
enrolled at AUT and did a communications degree, which is a, sort of an incredibly lame degree. But I really enjoyed it, and it got me into sort of journalism. And yeah, it's been really in, fun. In regards to, to the competitiveness at medical school, was mm. anyone like putting bananas and tailpipes and mopeds? Of, of no, a, no, nothing quite that extreme. But it' good to get extreme. Like I don't mean to be dark on it, but like a couple of people committed suicide when they didn't get in and stuff. It was mental. Are you serious? And yeah, no, it was. I don't know if I was just in a year that was particularly dark and competitive, but it was just. It was just a real gross year. Um, and so I went to AUT and did communications. <laughs> Do you think that Gene Simmons knows that Kiss suck? I, no, I don't think he does. I think Gene Simmons... Because how could he not know, though? He like, thinks Kiss rules. Yeah, he like, knows. He's, like, he's got the same brain as Donald Trump, where he completely believes everything he says and all that. We laugh at him because it's sort of amusing to watch, but he believes everything he says wholeheartedly. And that's how he's just so unrelentingly... It's another sort of, it's a different brain in his head to the yeah. rest of us. It's insane. Do you think he was high when you interviewed him? No, he was just a, he was just, Gene Simmons, I think, is just this driven idiot who's got <laughs> money and he's got money and he doesn't need to listen to what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't need to give a fuck about me. Like, he was so rude to myself and our crew that I just couldn't believe it. But he doesn't need to be polite because he's got millions of dollars and he's got, with the Gene Simmons thing, when I, I interviewed Gene Simmons and he was a dick and I aired a lot of that footage and he, um, his fans came out and they were like the people of Waiheke. <laughs> they are like fully behind him. They're like, bro, you turned up to that interview, you were a mess. You were like, you weren't dressed appropriately. You look like a mess. Which was really embarrassing. I just like bought some new clothes like the day before and wore them and I thought I looked really great. Um, but they were like, I you, you looked you, all right. You're like, but the people were like, you didn't show them respect. You were just like, you were too casual. You should have been more formal. It's Gene Simmons, like, man up. Was that? So he just, if he's got that audience, he's never going to change. That's what Gene Simmons is going to be like. Yeah. Was there anyone that was like two and one, like someone from Waiheke that was a massive Kiss fan that gave it to you all at Not once? Not yet, but I uh, guarantee somewhere on Waiheke there will be a massive Kiss fan. <laughs> My call. And we should kill them. <laughs> no. No. Cool. Is that, is that the end of the interview, Todd? Maybe. Does anyone have a question for David? Any questions from the crowd? Ah, oh, thanks. All right. Thank you, David. Make some noise for David Ferrier. Thank you. Thank you. Do I stay sitting here? You can if you want. Yeah. Uh, now, um, yeah, you can stay. Do you want to stay? You can drink a beer, you can bothered. eat some banana cake. Okay. All right. Where are the beers? Um, they're at the end of the table. Why don't you go and get them? I uh, would like to introduce now Matthew Crawley, the musical stylings of Matthew Crawley. Okay. Once I had a loving it was a guess Soon turned out I had a heart of glass Seemed like the real thing but I was so blind Mucho mistrust, love's gone behind Once I had a love and it was divine Soon turned out 
thought I was losing my mind In between What I fear I'm losing And I'm feeling fine Love is so confusing There's no peace of mind <clears throat> If I fear I'm losing you It's just no good you're teasing like you do oh, Once I had a love and it was a guess Soon found out I had a heart of glass Seemed like the real thing but I was sublime Mucho mistrust, love's gone high in between Don't know illusion And I cannot hide I'm the one you're losing Don't push me aside Could have made it cruising Yeah, riding high On love's true bluish life Now, once I had a love And it was a guy Soon found out it has a pain in the ass Seemed like the real thing, but I was so blind Mucho mistrust, love's gone behind Thank you, that's a song by me. You're so dreamy, Matthew. Shut up. Uh, this next song's, uh, that first song was by me, this next song's by Blondie Harry, Debbie Harry, Blondie. Um, it's called Strawberry Eyes, and I'll dedicate this one to anyone who's got strawberries instead of eyes here tonight. <laughs> you know who you are. All right, let's party. Uh, down the back, can you shut up, please? Thank you.
Thank you, Matthew. You want to do another one? You want to show you your song? If you want to. You want to mouth the words while I sing? I don't, can't remember them. I wrote this a long time ago. Dominic, in a, uh, once upon a time, um, there was this time in Auckland, it was a brief moment where everyone was friends with each other, and... <laughs> um, and during that time, we'd get together at various people's houses and sing country songs, country covers, and... I decided that I'd, like one day I'd do it after 10 years of kind of in the wilderness of not singing. And, um, and Dom heard me and he was like, you gotta, you've got to sing. Quit your other bands, quit all that stupid other shit you're doing and sing. And then I was like, I really believed in his encouragement and um, he gave me these lyrics to sing because I was like, I don't even need lyrics. And um, I, I found out, um, yeah, I always tell the story, but I found out years later that he was just, he was really high. Um, <laughs> on pills that night that he saw me and so he's injected this kind of almost parental sense of confidence in me that um, is like wildly undeserved but uh, every three years or so I get up and sing like two or three songs including this one which is um, the lyrics are written by Dominic Hoey aka Tourette's um, so I'll just see if I can remember it eh? I haven't sung it for a while Sung it in the toilet briefly, but I got interrupted by Tom and um, felt embarrassed, so I left. <laughs> Here we go. It's called Turn It Around. Let's see if we can turn it around and turn this party around into an awesome party. <laughs> like, can you hear the guitar? Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Nothing to worry about then. All right. Let's, uh... Turn it around I'm gonna turn it around Get on that train Head to the fork in the road where my troubles began. I'm gonna turn it around, head down that road, make peace with my past, or the future will never be hope. Staring out of the window A broken face to the glass And a landscape of burnt-out houses Washes past me Well, I got a suitcase full of dirty clothes And I travel light with a heavy heart 
shed I told her of my worries And how I'd fought With the life I lived She leaned close to breath That stank of wine She said the things you love Were killing you So run not much time. It was Margaret from Hey Road. <laughs> I, um, I packed what I couldn't sell. It was the day that she died. Pack what I couldn't sell. Left a note on the door. Said, I'm sorry, but I just can't stay here no more. I went down to the station, waited for my train, promised myself I'd rather die than come back here again. So I'm gonna turn it around, I'm gonna turn it around, get on that train. Matthew motherfucking Crawley, ladies and gentlemen. That's his actual stage name. Uh, before we forget, we've got to say thank you to Halatel for giving us beers. And um, uh, selling some Halatel beers at the bar through there. If you and we get like half to. the money so you can support us and support your drinking problem at the same time. Um, they've been sponsoring the podcast for the last few months, so the more astute listeners might have noticed that it's gone downhill a little bit because we've got more drunk. <laughs> I thought it got better. Ah, comsi comsa. Um, all right, our next guest is um, one of my favourite poets, which is really saying something because I only like about five poets. Himself. That's what he means by his five poets. Shut up. <laughs> um, uh, poet. She's travelled the world. She's had a Fulbright scholarship. She's published books, children's books, poetry books, teaches at MIT. Uh, make some noise for Tusiata Avia. <laughs> That one sucked, sorry. No, it was great, Emily. I, I like that one. Don't be so disparaging. That one was kind of like... I wish I could do a redo, eh? Yeah, I know, I was like, I, I'm just playing something random, but then it did sound like a song, eh? Quite a crap one at that. <laughs> it was, hey, it Talofa. Thanks for coming out. That's all right. The last time we saw each other, we were in New York. That sounds very wanky. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it made me sound international. Rare. International, but wanky. Mm. <laughs> we, um, went, we went there and did a poetry thing. Um, how would you describe it? Um, it was an odd poetry thing, wasn't it? You really didn't enjoy the... Can we talk about that? Yeah, or we can talk about that. Is that shooting in the foot? We performed at a place called New Hope, and you described it as like a clan kind of vibe. I don't even know how to describe it. What the hell was that? It was like some ex-hippie kind of 
you know, alternative town that had become Waiheke, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Waiheke with like big cars and probably guns. Yeah, it was really disturbing. I found it disturbing. I had such a good time. I remember you being pissed off and practically walking off stage. Oh no, because I got, I got kicked off stage. Remember that guy kicked me off the... So we'd come all the way from New Zealand to do this show, pretty much. And I Very like, graciously, mind you. I was you. halfway through my set and then the guy was like... And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, oh. Don't I you remember that? that? The army guy. Anyway, I read that your father was... I read that your father was a stuntman. Who? My your father. father. That's, what oh, I, that's what the internet yeah, said. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is that not true? Well, in a manner of speaking... Um, Do you know that little Wayne song, Stun Like My Daddy? That would be real appropriate if your father was a stuntman. Mm, I haven't really committed any stunts, you know. Mm. I think he was in a movie in 1952 in Samoa called uh, Return to Paradise, which was kind of like a star vehicle for Gary Cooper. Um, And he got to do... A few stunts <laughs> and um, ran down the beach holding the hand of a dusky maiden, you know, toward the palm trees where they would obviously engage in what dusky maidens and dusky males engaged in, in paradise. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't call that it that in 1951. Um, what kind of stunts did he do? Yeah, I don't think it was big stunts, eh? I think he did quite a lot of digging in the sand and, and laying cables, okay. actually. Yeah, not of... too many stunts. Uh, my grandparents were also in it. They're stunt people as well? And they weren't, no. But um, it is just trying, just trying to lead the conversation away from the whole stunt okay, kind of thing. Sorry. Yeah, but... Look, I'll cross um, it out. It's gone now. But it was a surreal and kind of uh, wonderful experience to watch this film, you know, where my father was a 22-year-old and my grandparents, he's 86 now, and, you know, my grandparents were still alive and my grandfather had black hair. You know, it was quite an extraordinary experience to to kind of watch this as an adult. Is it easy to see? Um, it, it is around, um, and interestingly, my cousin, Victor Roger, who's a playwright, has taken that movie and written a play called My Name is Gary Cooper. Yeah. Um, which is really subversive. Wait, who's, who is Gary Cooper? So Gary Cooper was, I don't know what, like bad Brad Pitt, George Clooney, I don't know, kind of of the 1950s, right. yeah, or 40s even. You got a Fulbright scholarship, as I said in the intro. Don't be jealous. I am. Well, jealous oh. is the wrong word. But um, what was that for? Just for being a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So someone just came up and just said, you know. Yeah, you look you, like a nice girl. You have a winning personality. And we're going to give you a Fulbright, yeah. Dom got a scholarship too, but it wasn't for being a nice person. What was it for, Dom? Um, I wrote a prop for a novel and then... And they gave you a scholarship? Oh, God, I got a residency. Oh, it's nice. not quite the same as a Fulbright scholarship. No. <laughs> 
was in a building sort of like this. It was like an old fishing where they used to gut the fish um, for two months in Iceland. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But um, do you want some cake? I noticed that it's banana. And yeah. I it's real it's good. It's really nice. You can taste the golden syrup maybe. in it. Would anyone else like some banana cake? And you're cutting okay. it with a um, bottle opener. We just, we just, mm. that's, that's interesting. Kiwi ingenuity. Mm. It's not the first time Dom has sabotaged a perfectly shaped banana cake either. Once he, he was given one to pass on to me and I received it with just a bite. Yeah, I was drunk, taken right? Taken out of the corner. Can I take Which is home? why I will never get a Fulbright, probably. <laughs> but I mean, a, a Fulbright kind of, you think that people that get Fulbrights are really brainy. But I was thinking about um, what you said and I realised I'm actually not that brainy at all. Actually, I really knew that in the beginning. <laughs> I didn't even try to get into... Yeah, I didn't even try to get into medical school or anything. Yeah, I pretty much know that. Do you feel a responsibility to sort of take poetry off its pedestal kind of thing? Like to, or do you think it's, it's all right being in academia and being in this ivory tower? Well, I think I've done a good job of kind of smashing it into the mud mm. as much as I can. <laughs> really. Yeah. But you've managed to bridge both things though, right? Because you're sort of like... You're a performance poet and people come and enjoy watching your poetry who might not necessarily be fans of poetry, but you're also accepted in the academic world and get Fulbright scholarships. Don't be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying Fulbright scholarship. I know. It rolls off the tongue. You should try it. Fulbright scholarship. What's that? I was at Fulbright. I was saying Fulbright. Whatever, I got speech yeah. impediment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I guess. I guess, yeah. It's an, it's an odd thing. Um... I don't think I had much to do with it. It's just the way that things turned out, I think. And along that same line of questioning, what do you think about slam poetry? Yeah, I like it. You do? Yeah. I don't know if I'm very good at it. Nah. No, I'm not saying that you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Dom lost a um, slam poetry competition in Australia once. I didn't go. I came dead last. I, so I got, I got through the... So I, did, I entered the heats and I won and I entered the semis and I won. I got to the final. I'm like, I'm going to win this. Like, no shit. The guy that came second, his poem was, can you feel the beat walking down the street? Can you feel the... Like, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. That was literally his fucking poem. And I was like, I've got this. And it was like 11 grand and a trip to China. And I was like, oh, man, my life's going to get much better. And I came last. Like, dead last. And this motherfucker was my name on the door. So I was like, well, at least Todd will be there, like, harassing people. I did some real good MD. The night you didn't, before. You didn't turn up, did you? No, I was tired. <laughs> um, so I was there losing by myself. So teach, teaching at FCA at the Faculty of Creative Arts, mm -hmm. is that the first time you've done that as a role? It is. I mean, I've been teaching on and off for years. Actually, in a former life, I was a high school teacher, oh, right. which is pretty awful. But, um, <laughs> but I've taught, you know, poetry workshops and whatnot off and on. But this is the first time I've had a, a proper academic job. And I've got to say, Dom, that I taught you to my um, creative writing students. How'd that so go? So there you go. Well, some of them loved you and some of them hated you. <laughs> which is a good thing. But that's all you can ask for, really. That, yeah. that environment there is really cool, right? The, 
the atmosphere, I think every time I've gone in there, it just, there's heaps of weird kids all over the show. Yeah, there's a lot of weird kids and a lot of brown kids too, you yeah. know, which and is a relief. Well, I think because like the environment it exists in, there's, there's like this incredible stuff, but there's also this pressure, I think, especially on young men, like, about being tough and like all the gangs and that shit in that environment and then this freedom within that place to just be silly and have fun and do you mm. agree yeah i i mean i probably should um put it in context that mm. uh the it's like an art school it functions like an art school and it's right in the middle of otara so it's a pretty different vibe i think that you would get in most art schools in New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to do a poem for us? Oh, right. <laughs> um, so, I thought, okay, no, I'll just do this. We can do whatever you want. All right. Um, We've taken their money now, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter what happens yeah. after this. I've actually never done this poem sitting down. Stand up if you want. You could use that mic. Okay. <laughs> My dog. My dog name is Bingo. All a dog name is Bingo. Bingo is a bad dog. He bite the balangi men's on a foot. Auntie Fale throw the big stone to Bingo and make the saw on Bingo's leg. Now Bingo, he walk on a free leg. The balangi men's, he stay at our house. And everybody's very happy, especially Auntie who is showing all the peoples of our village how we have the Balangi. Now, more, now Bingo no more sleep under a table because Auntie say he stink and no good for the Balangi to smell the stink smell. Bingo, he sleep outside and eat the stone. Only feed Bingo the stone every time. We call, Bingo, 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 and throw the stone to him and laugh. He, he, he. And a Balangi man, he shout to us, Yo, kids, stop throwing stones at the dog. <laughs> and Auntie Fale, she call us shit <laughs> and big and chase us with a broom and hit us hard, hard on the leg and catch Bella by the hair and shake her hard, hard to Bella's hair is coming out in auntie's hand and Bella's crying, screaming. <laughs> we call Bingo, Bingo, Bingo and Bingo come running, running and lick our sore and grinning.
And you came, like, late to poetry, right? Yeah, really late. I'm way older than everyone in here, so I started when I was probably older than most people in here, yeah. And what were you doing before that? Um, I was travelling. Yeah. Which sounds really wanky, but I really was. For about... What do you think travel's so wanky for? Oh, I don't know. You know, I was travelling. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of travelling, like, because you've played around the world a lot, how do you find performing in front of people whose uh, English isn't their first language, so you're performing in English, and then how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to say something about poetry being universal, because I think it is. I think good poetry really is universal. And um, because, you know, some of my work, um, you know, kind of centres around, you know, Samoan themes, Samoan characters, but it's, you know, at the heart of it, it's human and it's universal, you know. And uh, so, you know, I can do it for audiences who have absolutely no background of what a Samoan even is. In fact, I've had the quite extraordinary um, experience of doing it in places like Moscow where no one, you know, in, in clubs where no one even speaks English. And, um, you know, having people approach me with big grins on their faces and slap me on the back and something has transmitted, you know. Yeah, that's... Because you yeah. remember when we played in Philly, even though, even, you know, like they speak English in the States, obviously, but... And oh, remember when we performed? Because I performed and I did my shit to like New Zealand reference and it's like... And then you, you got up and everyone loved it. That's <laughs> it's why true! I got, that's why I got a Fulbright. <laughs> Which brings, brings me to one of my other questions. Is that Dom says he's the best poet in New Zealand. <laughs> and no one else is touching him. Is that true? Absolutely, except okay. for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would appear so. Second only to me. That's not what he says when we're alone. <laughs> shut up, Todd. Just <laughs> shut up. Um, do you guys want to have a break before we have our next guest? or You could go buy a halitow from the bar. How are you feeling? All those in favour of break, say aye. 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 Alright, we'll, we'll have a five minute break and then we're going to have our last guest. And... Um, David Dallas is going to do some raps after that, so... Fuck yeah, <laughs> give it up for David Dallas. David Dallas, everyone! Woo! Thank you, Tussie. Make some noise for Tussie Arta. Sorry, I was just trying to get really alternative tuning on it. Do you want to do a song? And then I decided it was a stupid idea. Yeah, I'll do a song. All right. Everyone, Emily is going to do a song. Woo! Yeah. I wish someone had a capo, so this will be very hard. Oh, wait, I should do that song. No, I won't. Actually, I don't want to do a song. <laughs> no. Nah. It's just very hard with this extreme loudness. Can you do the animal one? 
I like this song. I'll do. You don't have a capo, eh? No. I pour out my love just like water Welling up out of the ground Lacks the weight of dignity Dilute it's nothing to anyone I've got a wave of righteous anger And I'm not gonna love anyone Someone's gonna beat my time Someone's gonna beat my time I pour out my love like water Welling up out of the ground Waves that crash against the seawall I'm never gonna get through to you I've got a wave of righteous anger And I'm not gonna love anyone Someone's gonna beat my time Someone's gonna beat my time It's a hard, it's a hard goodbye night I took that plane ride The night you walked side by side I've got a wave of righteous anger And I'm not gonna love anyone was not expecting a Vietnam War cover. That was, yeah. That was fucking I, awesome. I love that song so much. It's sick, right? Yeah. I first heard that song when Dominic was the drummer of the Vietnam War. Best timing ever a lot of people said about Dominic's yeah. drumming. <laughs> I got my own timing. <laughs> um, Emily Adrosa. Woo! I'd like to give a big thanks to Tom and Lucy. There you are, Tom. Is Lucy here? Thank Thanks. you guys for Thank they you. make some noise for Tom and Lucy. Also, Todd is going to be playing in Whammy Bar at ten o'clock. Yeah, I am. Yeah, tonight. Um, I might do a song too. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, did anyone grab a halitow during the break? I hope you did, because they're fucking delicious. Um, our next guest is. Instagram superstar, sports fan, come media personality, Ra Pumare. Make some noise! Woo! Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. It is nice to have you here. Thanks. Thanks. Can I tell a little story? 
about um, when I realised how much of an internet sensation you were was when Todd was making his video and it was all rappers and, you know, reasonably well-known people. And then Ra walked in and, like, no one gave a fuck about any of the rappers and they're just like, there's a guy from Instagram. <laughs> That's stupid. It's true, it was. Oh, man. People need to stop watching them. They need to get off Instagram. You know how you, that could happen if you stop making them? Yeah, I guess. Do you want a beer? I'm good. I think i got to finish this one. You're Can I have for the bottle opener? Do you think, Ra, I was, I was thinking about it today. Hey, 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 hey. Um, I think I was thinking about it today and I was like, I think what makes your videos great is that you're taking the piss, but there's also a degree of sincerity in most of them. Okay. Yeah. Can you give me an example? I don't Ooh. really remember the videos I've made. Um, probably 10 people in this room follow, follow me on Instagram, uh, but uh, maybe, maybe less, but... I don't but, know, give me an example of sincerity. Okay, so, so rugby, for instance, you love rugby, yeah. but then you make videos taking piss out of the culture around... Not the culture, just the process of how um, information's conveyed in, that, in television or however. I mean, if I'm going to uh, impersonate the all-black coach, I mean, it's just really a process. Good. Like, the, the media are invited somewhere and they're... You know, they're told they can ask any question they like and they're going to get the same answer every time. So I just think that um, it's just just talking about how I know I, I stand behind a camera every day in my, you know, working, you know, my job is to do that. So I know that that's just going to be the same thing every time. So just taking the piss out of that's easy. It feels like you get a lot in your videos. They're about, how long are your typical video? 15 seconds? They have to be 15 seconds, yeah. They feel about, um, like, you get a lot in there. Yeah, for real. I think that's the point. Um, yeah, try to convey as much information as I can. Um... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real nervous. Are, are you I've never been interviewed before. Like, uh, yeah, I've never been interviewed by anybody before, so I'm really nervous, guys. This is your um, first. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why people would want to talk to me about this because Instagram's whack. I don't think, like, you know, we all sit, you on, have it. No we all sit on it all day, but you I'm have no idea how terrified. much Todd loves your videos. Like, literally, just plays them to every single really person nice. he sees, watches them. <laughs> And, he, and it's not like he just watches the latest one and be like, oh, remember when Ra did this? And he's like, yeah. oh. Yeah. It's, well, like, it's like a topic in my life. Yeah. It's like that and okay. then watching like Hilltop Hoods, that Hilltop oh. Hoods video when he gets drunk. Oh, okay. Well, Todd put me on. I got to give him props for, you know, um, giving me some promo, you know. He um, shared a video that I did with Aaliyah, a lip syncing Aaliyah. You know, Is that the uh, one I Your shared? hips, your eyes, look at, me, oh. look at you, baby. Jarul and you shared and it, and you put it on your Instagram. Ashanti, sorry, Ali, yeah. Ashanti. And um, and yeah, You're I got right. Like, uh, sorry, yeah, my bad. I don't know who I'm, who I'm even lip syncing, but um. <laughs> nah, yeah, I don't know. That was helpful. Thank you. Oh no, nah, all good. Do you? What do your family think of all this shit? My mum loves it, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my sister's 14. She thinks I'm batshit crazy. But um, she's in them now as well. So she thinks I'm mental. But she Your also... family were real good at being in the videos as well. Yeah, I think they're real supportive. That's probably, yeah, <laughs> helpful. Like, they don't think I'm... Yeah, they don't, they're not like, stop doing that. You, you know, you're, you're bringing your family name down. <laughs> Definitely, um, she's, yeah, she's real stoked on it. And she's real stoked on the fact that he's like playing me on his TV show because, she, you know, she watches TV and 
and, and stoke them out, and that's pretty cool too. Yeah, I love oh, I mean, the only M. reason of having a TV show is to put like weird shit on there. Yeah, <laughs> so oh, I appreciate man. it. Oh, thanks. That's great. We're still waiting for our feature, David, over here. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Just, that was in my question somewhere. There's some weird shit. <laughs> How do you... I got my questions for David Ferry here. Why did you never have us on your show? <laughs> oh, shit. We'll make it happen, okay? We'll make it happen. Alright, cool. Where did you where do you do your green screen stuff? Is it in the bathroom, um, in the lounge? I have about five feet of space between two walls in my room and um I sort of set up the green screen beside my bed and I have like one stand and I have like this weird like three M hook on the wall. I hang them between those and then I set the camera up as far back towards the wall, the other wall as I can, and I, you know, just zoom out as much as I can and then I set the aperture really like, you know, yeah. deep. And then I just press record, and I'm the only person in the room, and um, it's real weird. So like, when you think about like, oh no, yeah, just if you, if I can give a, an example of how buzzy this is, uh, yeah, I've never really um, even been in a room with somebody making an Instagram video that much. That's from, not true, right? Aside from somebody that I've yeah, collaborated with, but um, yeah. Like, we tried to do it, and then you were like. And I was like, do you want me to just, like, leave the room? Like, this is weird. Yeah. And then you were like, actually, yes. And, well, then, yeah. like, and then I saw your flatmates, and then I was like, they were like, yeah, we walk past all the time. It's like, he's saying some weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I have two flatmates that can definitely hear me shouting at a camera in my room. And I, I've gotten past the fact that that's weird. But, yeah, I initiated them into the, the vibe of it by putting them in one. So I think they're sweet with it. I'd hope so anyway. You did that like the first week that you moved in. Yeah, the first day I moved in, I made them be in an Instagram video so that like they got the vibe that like, I'm going to do this every day. Um, <laughs> you guys are going to yeah, have to put up, put up with my yeah. shit, like kind of thing. Yeah. So but yeah, it was cool and getting other people involved is fun as well. And um, yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite video you've done? I don't like any of them. They're all whack. <laughs> my, my, fa my favorite is the, um, when you're announcing the Rugby World Cup team. Same. Okay. That was just a really good one. Yeah. And I like the one that you just did for Newsworthy last night. Oh, last yeah. night or whenever it was. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was, pretty, that was pretty scary. I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, I like how seriously you take it because you do, like, you, these videos are going everywhere and you, you tackle some subjects, like you were the Speaker of the House. But you did basically this induction video for Speaker of the House. Yeah. And it's a super sensitive subject. And you're not just, like, flopping this stuff out there. You, you think about it. Yeah, I think about it after a 12-hour day at work, you know, in my room like really tired and I just, I get really scared that I'm not um, gonna, you know, do it justice or um, have the right tone like I've talked to you about in, yeah. you know, messages and stuff. So um, yeah, that was real scary, uh, talking about something that I think is, you know, pretty horrible and stuff. And I, I just, I don't know. I try, if, to, if you try to have the right tone and, and, and on about four hours sleep and a full day of something completely different working in sports, you know, it's like, it's weird. If you imagine for a second David Farrier wasn't here, what would you say he's like as a boss? Right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> where do you get your clothes from? Because the clothes you wear in the videos are real, they're quite fucked. Those are, are my normal clothes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tell me the items, like I'll throw sunnies. them out now. No, like your your sunnies and your The speed dealer glasses. Yeah, the speed dealer vibe. Um, I don't know. Like, speed dealers, my, I had some friends who lived in Sydney and they were just talking about the fact that, like, wearing wraparounds was like being a speed dealer, so... I don't know, I just, any time I can find a pair of wraparounds, I claim them as mine and I use them as a prop, like... And it's, uh, they're like a protective shield, you know? Like, I can get in character when I put them on and stuff. Um, I feel, like, way, way more... Do you have any... Comfortable, <laughs> comfortable wearing them. Woo! And I feel like, yeah, I can do anything when I have them on, so it's... 
It's a do lot you have any speed props? I put these up props? out of the bin at work. These are pretty good. Do you have speed props as well as the glasses? Speed props? What do you mean? Like drugs. No. <laughs> no, obviously not. Definitely not. No, it's just um, just the uh. How did you persona. end up working with David? Uh, he liked my Instagrams, and then he contacted me and uh, asked if I wanted to contribute to his TV show, and um, then we did it. We did it, and I'm doing it now, and I've been doing it for like a month, and I've never met him until today. <laughs> no, it's real simple, my friend. It's not a lie. It's true. I'd never met him. That's the age we live in. It's crazy. But um, yeah, so I'm contributing to a TV show that I've never met the hosts or producers of, um, and that's pretty bizarre. But yeah, my mum thinks simple. I'm on TV. And my friend cool, Maddie was like, "This guy's Instagram's great. I fell in love with it over a month. Messaged him on Facebook, going, can you give us a video every Friday?' And then yeah. we just put it on TV. Yeah, it's been cool. I'm really appreciative of that. Thank you, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stoked as. Is this mine? If, Which if one? you Do were gonna. One? If you were going to be in Fight for Life, who would your opponent be? Oh, man. Far out. That's hard. You could um, pick someone you could beat the shit out of, right? Someone famous? Like... Or could just be, yeah. Who's my nemesis? Yeah. Uh, like Jimmy, Jimmy Jackson. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> you guys don't watch Facebook videos? Oh, that... Oh, Maybe yeah. just because he's, like, the top dog, you know? Like, he's New Zealand, like, Facebook guy, like, got a lighter cunt, like, yeah, got a lighter cunt. That's his videos, man. Yeah, I know. I you know, like, fuck you, that's my lighter cunt. No, fucking give it to your cunt. You know, like, oh, I'm going to get hate for this. But, yeah, no, maybe I'd fight him because he's, like, he's, he's on point. He knows what he's doing. And um, I'd you get him in the ring. Scrap. What about you, Tosiata? Who would you fight in your charity fight? Maybe you, because I'd win. <laughs> Easy. Do you have one, Emily? If you're going to have a charity boxing match? Fuck, I got 500. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is cloning an option? I hate myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got one in mind, but... Fuck, I'm mature. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm regretting saying mine now. I think I might come after me. Does he listen to your podcast, Jimmy Jackson? I hope not. I wouldn't think so. I respect you, Jimmy Jackson. You're real good. <laughs> You're the man at making videos, bro. Love to collaborate at some stage, eh? <laughs> Chair, bro. Me. Hearty. Do you reckon um, Australia sucks or New Zealanders are just mean? Uh, I reckon a bit of both, but Australia sucks pretty bad. Yeah. Um, no, nah, we're not mean. I think that lots of people have bad experiences there after a really good experience for a while. I don't know. Mm. Generally, people go there and it's like, yeah, this is sick, and then it sucks. Is this, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. That's it's my experience. I, I was there for a bit, and then I like, realized I was in this hole of like, fake enjoyment, and I had to leave because I was going to just be there for t 20 years or something, doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, no, was, that was no. the answer I was hoping for. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Some people love Australia, though. Australians. What's that? <laughs> oh, Australians. They love it. Yeah. They enjoy it. What do you guys want to talk about? We should talk about you fellas. Um, <laughs> are you got a prediction for Rousey versus home? Oh, man, I saw that, um, I saw that little clip of them getting in a little tussle mm. today. I was pretty stoked on that. Like, you know, built the hype for me. Um, I'm more interested in Mark Hunt, to be honest. Uh, you know, his rematch with uh, Bigfoot is going to be epic, and I hope Mark Hunt smashes him. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, Rousey, I reckon she'll just dominate. She'll smash. She'll, she'll, she'll um, take it to the ground. Yeah, submission. she'll take it to the ground and, and submit her within the first two minutes, I reckon. I would say so. Is this, that's what happens is every this time. a female MMA? Yeah, yeah. 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 Are you coming over? 3.30. I don't know. Yeah, you got to come and watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm very into it. Um, <laughs> Dan would have been asking about your love life. My love life? Yeah. Man, that's not a good topic. Has that become public, though, now look, because of the... Look, public. Look what you've done, Dan. There he is. Stop, bro. <laughs> what do you want to know about it? Well, just since the fame and the glamour... Fame? Has, <laughs> Stop using that word, my bro. Love, love life become public and nah. now people are... My love life become public? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> bro. Fuck. I'm making videos about my mum's dipped strawberries and shit. I'm not fucking... <laughs> Making videos about how I'm how much I'm getting laid or anything, dude. Obviously. I want to see those ones when like with the speed dealer, Sonny. Yeah, like, cool. Hey, baby, yeah. did somebody order Pizza Hut? Yeah, I mean that's probably yeah. No, I don't know what. This Shorties <laughs> love strawberries. Yeah, cool. I don't know. You 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 didn't even ask a question. You said Dad what Dan wanted me to ask you about your love life. Yeah, that's a question. Is that a question? Yeah. It's not as a, a question. As a conversation starter. Yeah, I haven't really picked up any um, new uh, leads from uh, being famous on Instagram, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, this time, hopefully, maybe the next couple of years. Okay. Uh, Who knows? Flag referendum, what are you doing? Flag referendum. I, like, honestly, like, I make chat about it, but I don't know shit about it, to be honest. So are you, are you going to vote in it? Or? Oh, bro, I don't even know if there's a vote. <laughs> I have no idea, bro. Yeah, no, like, neither. Yeah, people think that I know more than I do about it. I, Is anyone going to vote in a flag referendum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, hard. <laughs> yeah, red peak all the way. But so, uh, so oh, the sorry, one coming no, up jokes. is the vote, like, which order? What's the... Vote the crappiest one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't understand the order one, though. What does it mean? Talk about this later, you reckon? Okay, so... Are you going to do, do the news story? Oh, yeah, i got a news story. Do you want to read it, David, since you're a re news reader? Oh, yeah, you can just let David read the news story. No worries. <laughs> it's from... We got it as Scout. Thought it was my turn, but all goods. <laughs> do you want to do it, Ra? No. we got another news story. Um, is this from Scout? Yeah. The great website. <laughs> great website. Well, Love, it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. MediaWorks, we got rid of John Campbell and then hired Rachel fucking Glicina. Yeah. It's very unusual. Um, Scout, all black and self-described bravest man in the world, Richard McCaw is now the proud owner of a miniature schnauzer named Terence. Bullshit. <laughs> it's on Scout, it's got to be true. He was first What's seen his name? with a tiny hound, um, Terence. Oh, yeah, sweet. Um, McCaw was first seen with the tiny hound on Tuesday where the achieving oath sat out front of Auckland's chapel bar staring blankly at his own reflection in the windows. Holy fuck, this is scathing. <laughs> Scout interviewed Lyle Barclay, the owner of the pet shop where Terence was purchased. Uh, Barclay said, We were all very excited when Richie first came in. Fuck. Barclay said, It's not every day you get to meet a national hero, but then he started picking up the animals and sniffing them. It was a bit peculiar. <laughs> when questioned about his new pet and the sniffing earlier today, McCaw mumbled an, an, an unintelligibly for some time before hanging up. What? <laughs> I don't even know. Scout's a piece of shit. Is that real? I, Is that a real story? I just copy and pasted real. it from Scout. Bullshit out. Real true. It's true. I know you're a fan of rugby. Me? Yeah. Nah. You're, you like league? Nah, I like league and rugby. 
Um, both, it's kind of both the same good. thing, isn't it? No, it's not. Do you no, prefer underdogs or favourites? I work for the underdog. Yeah, but you like the All Blacks as well, right? So you got to like the All Blacks. Mm, that's true. Yeah, do you not like the All Blacks? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. Um. <laughs> God, but what do you prefer, underdogs or favourites? I'm not out here supporting Argentina fucking because mm. they're the underdogs. I like this is what you come up with after you research. Like, Todd doesn't normally research for interviews and this is what he's got. Do you like yeah. underdogs and favourites? I was thinking like... I want Rousey to win. She's the favourite. I like what she represents. I like how she holds herself. I don't know who the other person is, to be honest, actually. But um, Rousey's the shit. But and that's how, not an underdog, so I don't But know, how good an is an upset? Imagine Holly Holm head kick knocked her out first round. I'd be so be disappointed. Wild. I, when I watched when I watched Marquez knock out um, Pacquiao, I almost cried, eh? Because I love Pacquiao, bro. And he just short arm fucking hooked him, and I was like, bro, that's my boy Pacquiao. Fuck. Oi, no, like, Oi, Pac- Pac- Can you feel that though? Yeah. While you're on a rant, just like, you know, our video. Oh yeah, got a music video yeah, yeah, I made yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. Emily Adrosa. Um, real mean corner of the party. It's Real sick, um, yeah, real sick I just, like, I wanted to get you while you were hot. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Talking cool. about MMA female fighters and shit. Shit, oh, we got the top <laughs> number one seed it's MMA. It's the same as me. Fighter Emily Adrosa in the house. Are we going to wrap things up because Whammy Bar is about to start making a lot of noise soon. Okay. Is Are you going to wrap things up, though? What's that? Like, wrap? Literally. <laughs> Do a beatbox. This will be online in a couple of weeks. It's it's over now. I come back at ten o'clock. We'll be doing rap songs. There's some banana bread up here if anyone wants some. <laughs>